Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 35. If you want help getting featured in the media, check out the PR Pro Community, an online training academy for entrepreneurs who want to learn how to connect with journalists. More details at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash PR Pro. Many people who have been able to grow large audiences tell me the reporters and producers call them. But wait, how do you get to that level? I know you will love my conversation with Carrie Wilkerson, an entrepreneur, speaker, and author who breaks down what she did in the very beginning before she got featured on CNN or Fox News or Forbes. I have even created a guide you can use right away. It's called the Ultimate DIY Guide to Getting Great Press. You can get that in this episode show notes at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 35. Remember, everybody starts with one follower. Those numbers grow as you work to build relationships with people. Carrie shares the strategy she uses to grow her following, how she was able to attract the attention of the media, and why her mission is the same now as it was when she began. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. It is an honor to be able to talk with you for Standout. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I appreciate it. You are a a best-selling author, an international speaker, as well as a successful business owner. And on the show, our entrepreneurs want to learn how they can connect with the media and with other influencers. So I want to start with that piece, how before you were an influencer, what you did to become one. Um, You know, that's that's a great question. And I think it's My goal was never to be an influencer. My goal was to help as many people as possible. And so people that say to me, but I want to be an influencer. I say, then you influence one person at a time by serving one person at a time. And so what I did is with social media, I would answer questions. I would share helpful information. Yes, I would connect with other influencers, but, um, part of that was so that I could learn from them, um, And when enough people feel like you are helping them, then you have influence. So I think for us to set a goal of becoming an influencer is really kind of a tricky, dangerous thing. Instead, I think let's just serve as many people as possible, make as much of an impact as possible. And I'd always rather somebody else say I was an influencer than me. It's kind of like that title thought leader. It's really not okay to call yourself a thought leader. It's really so much better (laughs) for other people to designate that for you. So I think the same about being an influencer. I just tried to help as many people as possible through the mediums that I had. And that was social media at that time. I love what you're saying related to that one at a time, uh, time frame. Because when you feel like you need to be seen everywhere right at the beginning, it's rather overwhelming. So you started answering questions on social media Mm -hmm. one person at a time. How did you start that? How did you reach out to them? How did you realize what they wanted and how did you offer it to them? Well, I would tell Tell my email list, you know, even when it was small, tell them where I was going to be in social media because I started my business before social media, believe it or not. So 
um, my customer list, my circle of friends. I would tell them, come find me on social media. I would also actively go look for people on social media that were talking about things that interested me or things that I had value in. You can do keyword searches. You can follow people in the same demographic as you and get involved in those conversations. You can search authors of books that you like and resonate with and start chatting with their people that are following them and chatting with them. You know, I think that's what matters. Now, when it comes to being seen everywhere, that is a comment that I got very early on. Carrie, everywhere I look, there you are. Well, that was kind of on purpose. Yes, you have a YouTube channel, even if there's only one or two videos on it. Yes, you have your social media profile, even if you're not active on those social media profiles and you are engaged so that when they say, oh, look, I'm on YouTube and Carrie's there too. Oh, look, I'm on LinkedIn and Carrie's there too. That's the perception of me being everywhere and being in conversation. It doesn't really mean I'm everywhere. It just means I'm everywhere they are looking and that that's strategy. Mm -hmm. And so you made a point to be in those places you knew your people would be and showing up there in some form or fashion. Yes. Well, let's talk about being everywhere in terms of the media. You've been on Fox Business, you've been on CNN, and we want to hear how you made that outreach, how you got the attention of those journalists to say, I need to talk with her and have her on my show. Yes. So, you know, I'm a little bit of an anomaly. I think, um, I was on, on CNN because of my book. And when you publish a book through a mainstream publisher, ideally they have a publicist. Now I will say though, that that publicist will tend to send your book and a standard press release to their same 15 or 20 contacts that they send all their books to. So it's really not an aggressive measure. Um, CNN, The regular producer of the segment was on vacation. Um, The assistant producer or substitute producer came in and kind of panicked, realizing she had not booked somebody for the money and business segment on Saturday. And my book was laying on her desk. (laughs) Now, this is what's funny. She said, so to delay her action in booking that person, she sat down and started flipping through my book because the title intrigued her. And by page 65, she realized, hey, I'm at work. I have to stop but this girl could be my girl for Saturday. So you can call that luck, but the fact is my book had to be there in order for that to happen. Fox News um, saw a series of articles I published on LinkedIn for a small business group for Amex small business users. Um, Forbes picked me up on social media because of, I think they probably were searching based on number of followers and people involved in business conversations. They do keyword searches. Uh, entrepreneur called yesterday and they're coming to do a video and blog feature, um, in the next couple of weeks for entrepreneurs. So, you know, I have not aggressively sought media. What I have sought is to help people in these different places. And then the media has seen that happen and has come to me. They really did. They said, hey, Carrie, yeah. <laughs> that uh, that story about the book, um, I hadn't heard that before. I think that's a really uh, a great stroke of luck. But then you were able to turn that into something else. How right. important has it been to get the attention of other people 
to share it with their audiences. So maybe not necessarily the media, but when um, big bloggers or you're on other people's podcasts or whatever the media is, how important has that been to getting your message out there and, and even really growing your business? You know, I think the number one, everybody wants to think media is magic because we think of Oprah. And if I could just get that many eyeballs, you know, or if I could just get a spot on CNN, I can tell you, though, that my spot on CNN did not spike book sales. We can look at book sales. It did not spike book sales. But what it did is I have the video clip and I get to tell people I was on CNN And so instead, it's more of a credibility. It's like a degree of sorts. It's a massive social proof of, you know, whether you agree with CNN or whether you're more of a Fox person, um, that still is somebody validating your work. So whether it's a big feature or a small feature, or I think that the number one helpful thing about media is that you have the validation of the media source. Now, yes, people will see it. Uh, people may recall later. I, I've had complete strangers say, wow, Barefoot Executive, that sounds familiar. Were you ever on TV? I think I saw something about your... Yeah, and they saw me on CNN, you know, but pictures on Twitter of people sitting in the pancake house and taking like, I know that girl, you know, taking a picture and put it on Twitter uh, of me on CNN. I mean, there's a certain credibility in that. So <laughs> I don't know that media is magical in that it's going to spike your product sales immediately or your book sales or your message but it does give you a certain validation. It also is a tremendous boost to your confidence. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, oh, hey, somebody recognizes me. So it's an external validation to your people. It's internal validation to yourself. It's a validation of your work, so to speak. I, I agree. I talk with the members of my PR Pro community about this very same thing, how this one media mention may not feel like it matters much, but you can put it on your social media. You can bring it out. You can bring it out when you need it to show yep. that other people are valuing your work. It, Absolutely. This ties to another another issue, and actually a couple of other issues I'd love to talk with you about, is I know that you haven't necessarily had to knock on doors. You haven't necessarily right. had to say, hey, local newspaper, do a story on me, because they've maybe come right. to you. What would you say to somebody who is fearful of reaching out, who is not, um, who just maybe doesn't want to put in this effort because they don't feel like it's worth it or they don't feel their story is worth it. What would you say to them because um, of you, of the value that you've seen that it's created for you and your company? Yeah. And when you say they haven't really knocked on, haven't had to knock on doors, I think my door knocking is a little different. I have approached bloggers and podcasters about interviews because they're a push media instead of a pull media. Mm -hmm. And so I almost see a little more value. And as an example, I was on Dave Ramsey's Entre Leadership uh, podcast recently, and which has a really high listenership and a lot of so-called celebrities on it. And that has already resulted in a few more interviews, more credibility with a couple of speaking gigs and, and some other notables that have thumbs up, you know, in the, in social media, like, holy cow, I heard you on that one. That's super legit. Right. So, <laughs> so I do kind of reach out in those ways, not necessarily the standard radio and standard TV, but, um, I would say if you're fearful. First of all, they need to train with you on what to say and how to say it, how to pitch themselves. But here's what I know. And you know this too. 
every news source, every radio station, every newspaper, every magazine, every podcaster is looking for content. They're looking, you know, there's there's not always a 9-11 or a Paris tragedy or a political race to report on, and they still have to use the same amount of ink and the same amount of pages. And so they're looking for quality content and interesting stories. The Olympics are almost over. You know, the Paralympics are almost over. The football season doesn't always have a good scandal. They're looking for things to provide that are of value. So if you can make yourself a value to them, either as an expert, you know, you may think, oh, I need to write an article for them. That's not always the case. Sometimes you need to be a recurring expert for them. Oh, when I have an issue about, you know, GMO food sources, you know, Susan is my person to call every single time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just about, you have to ask anyway, you have to make yourself a value, but the worst that can happen is they can say no. That's the worst that can happen. And guys, that doesn't put you any further back than you were. It's a neutral spot. No is neutral. But the yes, the power of the yes moves you so far positive. It's worth 10 no's. Mm -hmm. So you cannot get to the yeses without the no's. I've reached out to all kinds of famous bloggers and podcasters that won't give me the time of day. But now guess who's calling and emailing now that I've been on a couple of, you know, prominent shows and rocked it. Yeah. All of a sudden now they're coming to me. So sometimes those no's turn into yeses. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes if you really trust to connect the dots, sometimes you look backwards and say, that's why I wasn't on that show. That actually would have taken me a direction that wasn't super positive for me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, oh, wow, I saw how they handled so-and-so when they were on their show. That wouldn't have been really good for me. So I think you just have to say the no's come with the territory. The yeses are so much more powerful. And it helps you be better and better with your pitch. I heard that uh, the podcast, by the way, on Entree Leadership, great show. And I'll link that <laughs> to the show notes at CherylTanMedia.com. I think it's funny, though, that now you're getting these calls that maybe you wouldn't have gotten a few months ago. But that's kind of the power, right? The power of um, certain types of media. It leads to the second part yeah. of this is you need to pitch, but you also need to put in the work. And some people have trouble with the content part. So you've already talked about how you were just serving. You were serving the people in your tribe and your audience and creating content that way. But I think mm -hmm. some folks, at least some of the ones that I talk with, are still trying to wrap their brains around creating regular content. And I love how you, um, and I know you do this, how you plan your days in a way that gets the work done. So talk a little bit about how you can make this a focus that if you're not necessarily getting featured, sometimes it means you need to start by featuring yourself and creating good work on your own. Yeah. So um, I'll use my pastor as an example. At my church, <laughs> my pastor doesn't really have much of a social media presence other than his personal Facebook page. And so he called me last week and said, hey, can we go have coffee? I want to talk about the church's social media strategy. So we went out um, to have coffee and actually he said, okay, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around what else I'm going to have to add to my day to make this work. And I said, you don't have to add anything to your day. Let me just let me just break this down for you. Every Sunday you're teaching. You have 40 minutes of content every Sunday. 
We record it and put it up on a podcast, but nobody is circulating that podcast. Like only our church members know it's there and probably only a third of our church members know it's there. Um, I said, so what we do is we then hand that over to the media team. We have them extract about 20 quotes or sound bites from it and use something like Canva or Word Swag or something to create a graphic image, whether it's a color block or a picture of the church with it on there or something, something super simple and branded to the church from the content he's already created. So if you have a book, if you have a speech, if you have a blog post, you pull the content from there. Then you also have them pull out, you know, probably three, three to five minute audio segments from there or videos, put them up on YouTube, circulate those. We're not having to create new content. We're having to take our content that we're already leaders on, our good work that we already do and circulate it. We've got to stop thinking, oh, I need new, 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 new. Oh, I need radically different. Guys, nothing I say is radically different. I just say it radically differently. I just say it in my own way, in my own style, with my own stories. But nothing I say is earth shattering unless I can get it to you in a way that you'll listen, in which case it might shatter your earth and cause you to have some seismic changes. So so that being said, I think people get too hung up on, oh, I'm going to have to start blogging once a week or twice a week and creating all of this. No. What is your good work? Is it a book? Is it a series of papers? Is it a speech? Is it videos? Have your videos transcribed. Create, you know, content from that. I'm on, I don't have my own podcast. I don't have the discipline for it. If we're being frank, I don't have the discipline to do it on a regular basis. So what I do instead is I get on other people's podcasts. I let them do the heavy lifting. I show up and do the interview. I then turn the recordings over to a transcriptionist who transcribes all the words. I then hand them over to a girl on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, who pulls content and creates graphics from content I'm doing for somebody else's show is generating content for my site, for my social presence, for my future speeches. I can then use those graphics as slides and future presentations. I'm not adding anything to my day. I am taking my good work that I already want to be recognized for and putting it in ways that other people can digest. I have four kids. They all learn in different ways. One is very auditory. One is very visual. One loves to read and one loves to do. That's four (laughs) different learning styles. So why would I put content out there in just one way, in just the form of my book, knowing that 90% of the population doesn't read anymore? You know, why, why would I just put it in videos knowing that so much of the population doesn't have time to sit and watch videos or won't stumble on it? So you have to put it in shareable, contagious type content that they can consume. I hope your pastor got a lot out of that because I'm pretty sure we all did too. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, he char- we charted it out. You know, he's already working <laughs> on it. It's kind of fun. That's great. It's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> Carrie, tell us how people can reach out to you, how they can learn more about you and what you have going on in your business and life. Yeah, so I'm writing a five book series right now wow. on leadership. And they're going to be um, easy reads is what I call them, a plain read. You can read it on a flight. So not a big, big, massive book, but a series of five very digestible, consumable books. And they will be ideally box set like the Narnia series. I've always wanted a box set of books. So I'm working on those over the next several months, turning in the first one now. Um, So I'm excited about that. Guys, you can 
findmecarrywilkerson.com. I do not update the blog on a regular basis, but I do write a lot over on my Facebook page, which is Barefoot Executive, and do a lot of videos over there too. So um, you can find me on Facebook or you can also connect with me over on the blog. The good thing about the blog is that um, I have a seven-day free video coaching series if you guys want to jump in and watch those short videos. They do also have worksheets. See, I practice what I preach. They have worksheets and you can get in and just learn how to work a little smarter and not necessarily harder with the efforts that you already have. Awesome. Carrie, thank you. And thank you for your time and joining us. Before we go, I have one last question that I ask everyone who hops on the show is what makes you a standout? What makes me a standout is that I keep showing up. You know, I don't quit. I don't make excuses. I don't fade in and out of the background. I keep showing up. I keep plugging away. Um, But also, I think my joy, my enthusiasm, my optimism, and my belief in other people. I think, number one, people need to be encouraged. People don't need, they're not always craving the how-to but they need to know they can, whatever that is. And so I think my encouragement is probably the number one thing that connects and attracts people. But I do keep showing up. I'm that bad penny, right? The bad penny that keeps turning up everywhere you look. So <laughs> um, but between those two things, I think that's really unique to my brand. And and I think that's that what helps. CNN said Carrie is blunt but with love, (laughs) blunt, but with love. And somebody said to me last week, it's like tough love with a tender heart. And I would say that that's probably me to a T tough love with a tender heart. Yeah. So I think people are drawn to that and also, you know, really can learn from that, which is kind of fun. That's great. And take something from that and move to the next level. I think that's important too. Carrie Wilkerson, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Cheryl want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes, as well as the ultimate DIY guide to getting great press, all of the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 35. Did you enjoy the show? Please share it with someone who may benefit from it. Really, the best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.